podcast, As We Sit Thinking. As a reminder, Wise Up Texas is my platform to inform the South Asian community about Texas and national politics. You can find us on all forms of social media, such as Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, and you can check out our website, www.wiseuptx.com. Last but not least, you can listen to our recorded podcast on Radio Azad on Coffee Mornings with Aisha. Check us out on Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes. We're on it all. And remember, everyone, let's get educated, let's get wiser, and let's start giving a hoot. All right, everybody, this is a reminder that there are runoff elections happening in Houston for the mayoral and city council races. And early voting will be held from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. on December 2nd through 7th, 1 p.m. to 6 p.m. on December 8th, and 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. on December 9th and 10th. And the runoff election day is Saturday, December 14th. And the polls will be open from 7 a.m. until 7 p.m. on election day. Don't forget, you need to bring your photo identification at the polling place in order to verify your identity. And those <clears throat> can be your driver's license, a personal ID card issued by DPS, your citizenship certificate containing the person's photograph, the U.S. passport, and other items. Check out votetexas.gov to see what other items you can bring to the polls to verify your identity. And please, please remember to vote. Um, if uh, you don't like who is running um, the way it's happening on the city level, then this is your chance and the opportunity to make a change and make a difference. And speaking of the upcoming election, or the ongoing election actually, we have an interview with Raj Salhotra, who is running for city council in Houston. Uh, he is running for a position at large, and in case you're wondering what at large means, tune in to hear what Raj has to say about the position and what he identifies are the major issues currently in Houston and how he intends to fix them if he is elected to city council. Joining us today is Raj Salhotra, who is running for city council for the city of Houston. Thank you so much for joining us today, Raj. Thanks, Ozra. I'm excited to be here. All right. So do you mind telling my listeners, you're running for city council. Which uh, position is it, and what area does it encompass? Yes, yeah, so I'm running for Houston City Council at large, position one. And what at large means is that it encompasses the whole city of Houston, so anybody regardless of where they live, can vote for us. And that number one is purely a, um, uh, that actually doesn't have any significance on the geographic representation. It just distinguishes between seats one, two, three, four, and five. All right, and this is a runoff, am I correct? That's correct. So there were five of us in the in the uh, general election on November the 5th, and um, now the top two are in the runoff because none of us earned more than 50% of the vote. That's correct. All right, and which political party do you identify with, or is your city council uh, term defined more as nonpartisan? These are nonpartisan races, and so there's no D or R or anything on the ballot. Okay. Um, and having said that, um, I think there's a clear dichotomy between myself, who, who is certainly more liberal, and my opponent, who is much, much more conservative. Okay, and... Okay. 
Do you mind telling my listeners what is it that motivated you to run for city council? It seems, you know, looking from your website that you are a Houston native and you've worked a lot in Houston in in the city. So is your experience from that, uh, did that culminate towards you wanting to run for office? Yes. You know, it, it, it really is because of my experience as a teacher. So I used to teach high school math um, here in Houston, and those were the best two years of my life, without a doubt. But there were also some challenges because I felt like my students, who whose aspirations mirrored mine, whose parents worked as hard as my parents, who had come here from India, whose community shared the same dreams as, as mine did, were often trapped in poverty uh, because of issues outside the classroom. So I had kids whose house flooded, who were homeless, who did not have a car and public transit was inadequate, who didn't have summer programs, who did not have um, opportunities perhaps for school programming. And so all of these served as um, barriers to their, to their progress um, and, 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 and to their um, reaching their aspirations. And city council, particularly the at-large position, that focus on policy uh, provide an opportunity to work on those issues. And do you mind going into further detail about some of the nonprofit work that you've done? I saw from your website that you created some nonprofits uh, to help m- uh, mentorship between college students and high school students. Am I right? Yes, ma'am. So um, after teaching, one of the things I noticed was we had <clears throat> high schools in Houston. I'm sure this is a challenge. In fact, I know it's a challenge across the country where there are very few college counselors relative to the number of high school students. So we're talking like 300 kids per college counselor. And so as a result, you have students who do not get individualized attention. Um, And so what we did was we created a program called Students with Ambition Go to College. And we connect high school students with college mentors and college students with young professionals to help students from ninth grade get into the workforce, so to and through college or to and through their associate's degree or vocational or whatever post-secondary aspiration they may have. You know, I um, we started that uh, back in 2015 <clears throat> before I went to law school, finished law school in 2018, and deferred my law firm job to work on the nonprofit. Um, and now we have 400 kids in the greater Houston area. Wow, so it seems like education is pretty big on your platform. And going off of your website, I noticed that you talked about universal pre-K and some of the other educational um, items that you wanted to develop if you became a city council member. I guess a question I wanted to ask is, a lot of times we feel that education is implemented more on the state and federal levels and not so much on the local level. Do you mind explaining to my listeners that if you were elected city council, if you wanted to implement universal pre-K and some of the other issues, how would you go about that on the local level to be successful? Yeah. Yeah, so let's start with the pre-K and early childhood piece. So, you know, the state of Texas recently passed funding for full-day pre-K um, for three- and four-year-olds. However, it's only funded for one biennium, so we'll see what happens after that. But that means we still have work to do from zero to three years old, that early childhood piece. And so um, that's where the city can come in using our libraries and community centers, and the city can help provide 
funding for some of those programs, particularly for underserved communities. Um, then we talk about after-school programs, and so the city has libraries and community centers, and we have Houstonians willing to volunteer and serve. We saw that after Hurricane Harvey, and so my thought is, let's channel that volunteerism, let's channel that spirit into uh, serving the community uh, and tutoring after school. And then, quite frankly, number three is, you know, we know that there's a summer learning loss. That is to say, many of our low-income students who do not have those internships, do not have those enrichment programs, fall a little bit behind, okay, in the summer. And so we need to make sure that we are providing more summer internships and by partnering with those businesses in the city of Houston, uh, those folks who do business with the city, quite frankly, uh, we can make sure we expand the number of opportunities and expand the number of programs for our young folks. All right. So let's pivot on to the other parts of your platform. Uh, flooding seems to be a really big issue in Houston, as yep. we saw with Hurricane Harvey, unfortunately. And I believe a, a couple couple months ago, there was another tropical storm, right? In August, September. And Absolutely, Imelda, absolutely. And I'm curious as to what the city has in plan in terms of, you know, infrastructure that has already been damaged, that is still being rebuilt, rebuilt from Harvey, from Imelda, and what are the future plans that you would try and implement if you were elected in city council? Yeah, so a couple of pieces here. So one is um, the city has money coming from the federal government. <clears throat> we also have a drainage fee that we pay every year that allows us to spend on, on uh, projects um, to improve our drainage and our infrastructure. And so that's happening. Um, but there's still areas for growth. So number one is we need more parks and green space to detain and retain water. Number two is we need more, um, uh, more money for um, uh, illegal dumping. So this is an issue in some of Houston's communities where we have ditches, where there is um, trash up the water. And then number three is we got to make sure we're prioritizing our projects based on uh, truly where the biggest need is. In terms of all of the ideas, is it going to cost a lot of tax dollars or, um, for these plans to be implemented? Um, how would you, is there talk of maybe rearranging the budget somehow or voting on certain bonds? How, how would these types of plans become implemented? Well, you know, I think each one is kind of its own case study. So I think about the early childhood programs we're going to use. We can use social impact bonds for those. Other cities have done that. <clears throat> when you think about the after school and the summer programs, we're talking about partnering with the nonprofit sector, partnering with the private sector. You think about the flooding piece. Um, we have money, as I mentioned, through that um, drainage fee that we're paying. We have money coming down from the federal government. Um, and so a lot of this is, you know, these public-private partnerships, a lot of it is engaging our nonprofits, a lot of it's using our grant money more effectively. Um, so we're not talking about a vast uh, increase in taxes or anything like that. Okay. And what are, are there any other issues that you feel are really important for my listeners to hear about that are on your platform? Well, let me talk about traffic. is spending hours and hours uh, a month or a day even sitting in traffic 
top population of the region is going up, not down, which means there's even a greater pressure. And so we have to be creative in what we do. And so that means more bike lanes, that means more sidewalks, that means more buses, that means a little bit more light rail. And so it's a lot of pieces on traffic. It means looking at increasing density in certain areas in downtown, not in all communities, because we don't want to displace folks, but in certain areas. And so I think traffic is a critical, critical issue for the city to address. Yeah, I agree with that because I lived there for three years and I remember being stuck in traffic all the time. <laughs> More so than any other city I've lived in in Texas and I lived both in Austin and Dallas as well. Um, but I guess another question is, is, you know, you can expand the metro, you can, ex you know, have more bike rails or bike lanes. And how are you going to still motivate Texans to utilize public transportation? Because most Texans are used to having their own car and having the ability to just hop into their car and go anywhere. We're not really, none of the cities in Texas are really known to be quote unquote walkable or using that much public transportation. Do you have any ideas or anything you would want to implement if elected into city council of trying to motivate Texans to utilize public transportation more? Well, I think that folks <clears throat> don't use it in part because we are the city with sprawl, in part because there's a culture of driving, but in part because we don't have reliable, efficient uh, public transit. And so I think part of what we can do is to actually make sure we have those transit options and to make sure that, you know, for example, that, you know, it, it, it doesn't take an hour and a half to go for uh, 30 minutes. Uh, what, 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 what would take 30 minutes by car, for example. And so that's part of it. I also think part of it is a generational piece. You know, we do have more young folks moving into Houston who are more willing and desirous of walking and biking. Um, and so I don't think it's out of the question. I just think it's going to make, it's going to take some thoughtful planning, um, and some thoughtful, um, uh, decision making. All right. And... Compared to your opponent, why do you feel Houstonians should vote for you instead of him? Well, I think quite frankly, being an at-large representative means it's your job to represent everybody in mm -hmm. Houston, regardless of where they live, regardless of background, socioeconomic status, documentation status, religion, etc. And my opponent has been in office for four years and just quite frankly, hasn't done that. So whether it was voting against or protesting against equality for the LGBT community, or whether it was hiring a staffer who said Muslims cannot be precinct chairs because the religion is against Christianity, or whether it's voting against flood mitigation for our underserved communities, or whether it's voting against census outreach, or voting against a historic bipartisan pension deal that put the city on a financial future to make investments in libraries and after-school programs and roads and public safety. I mean, it's, it, 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 we have somebody in office who uh, is always voting no and not representing everybody, whereas our core platform belief is being accessible to everyone. I mean, I give out my personal cell number, the same one Ezra's calling me on, to every Houstonian, um, bar none, um, because I believe we need to be listening to everybody. Um, and that's just the fundamental difference between us. All right. 
Is there anything else that you feel my listeners should know about you and your campaign? I will say two things. <clears throat> the first thing I'll say is we've never had a South Asian elected citywide. Mm-hmm. Okay. Look, I don't believe that identity drives everything. But I do believe that it is important to have a seat at the table and to have representation. And I think what I'm trying to do is make sure that everyone's got a seat at the table. That's number one. Okay. Number two is our campaign has been premised on bringing young folks into the process. So I'm 29. So I'd be the youngest city council member ever. Uh-huh. Okay. And so I think that's important because everybody laments the fact that young folks, high school kids, college kids, young professionals are not involved. Right. And so when we have the opportunity to elect someone whose fundamental belief is that young folks and folks who have traditionally been not involved in the process deserve a seat at the table, I think we have to give that person, obviously I'm biased, but we have to give that person consideration. All right. That's what I'd say. And uh, I think... You know, in Wise Up Texas here, we're nonpartisan and we don't necessarily um, vouch for candidates. But I do think it's important for the South Asian Texan community to recognize that we have the power of our vote, uh, regardless of where you're living in Texas or in the U.S. for that matter. But the vote, if you don't vote, you know, you're not going to have a seat at the table and you just have to take what you can get, right? And Houston, being a city that is considered one of the most diverse in America, uh, I'm not exactly sure how the city council look is right now in terms of demographics, but I think it's really important for the city of Houston to have their city council be looking like the people that are living there. Great. You know, right now, I'll just tell you this, we have five at-large members, and of the five, only one is... Um, let me make sure I get this right. One, two, three. Yeah, only one is a person of color. Okay. That That is in a city where 70% of the folks are folks of color. Yeah, and and I think that, we see this issue across the nation, right? And and, I, and it's right. changing. Um, we're, we're starting to see more people of color become elected in several uh, positions which is an exciting right. time, but it's also imperative for us to continue this momentum to ensure that our representation continues, whether it's on the like, city level, county level, state level, or federal level. Yeah, absolutely right. Absolutely right. And then, and then, this is a critical point, community needs to hold folks accountable. Absolutely. Because just, because, just because you're a member of the community does not mean you are an ally and you vouch for and you are cognizant of all the issues of your community and other underserved communities. Um, and so to me, it helped me get into office and then hold me accountable to, to make sure that we are doing everything we can to move the community and the city, quite frankly, forward. Very valid points. All right, Raj, tell my listeners where they can learn more about your campaign and when does voting begin in Election Day? 
Yeah, you can learn more at www.raj, R-A-J, or F-O-R, Houston, or you can call me directly, quite frankly, 713-320-0303. And then I will um, say that uh, voting starts tomorrow, the day before um, Thanksgiving, and then goes again from December 2nd through December the 10th. Um, and then election day, Saturday, December the 14th. So just around the corner, two weeks away almost. <clears throat> All right. And what were the percentages between you and your opponent on the first round of the elections? Councilmember Knox, the incumbent, got 36%, and I got 22%. All right. So every vote's going to count for this election. Am I correct for this runoff? You're 100% correct. All right. Well, thank you so much, Raj. Best of luck on the race. And uh, if you have any last words for my listeners, do tell us. Go vote. Make your voice heard. Got to get involved in the process. That starts by voting, by showing up, and by holding your elected officials accountable. I agree to that, Raj. Thank you so much. And that's our segment for today. For those of you residing in Houston, please, please go out and vote. Remember that early voting has already started and election day is December 14th, Saturday. So please, please make sure to get out and vote. You can check us out on social media. We will be posting uh, what is on your ballot, uh, what some of the newspapers in Houston are recommending in terms of for the mayor's race or for the city council races. We will continuously be posting on our Facebook and Twitter platforms, so please make sure to check them out. Uh, last but not least, just a reminder that Wise Up Texas does not um, support any particular candidate, but we do want to highlight the South Asians that are running for office, uh, especially in a city as diverse as Houston that does have a significantly large South Asian population. And if you have any other questions about voting, definitely check out votetexas.gov. It is from the Secretary of State's office uh, that has a more comprehensive overview of any questions that you have about voting. And remember, everyone, let's get educated, let's get wiser, and let's start giving a hoot. Until next time.